Memphis, 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 Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, the beautiful land in the world. And I'm thankful for this, this guy who tweeted and said, I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I prove people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. Grizz Nation, this is your host, Nathan Qualls. And if you hear a sense of somberness in my voice, you do, and there's for two reasons. One, we have wrapped up our Deep Dive podcast series, which is a very, very sad thing to me. It was great while it lasted. We still have articles coming out. We'll have one coming out a day after this article, as well as the one before this podcast, but the podcast will be no more. Number two, we are wrapping up the deep dive series on all. Daniel, In- or not Daniel Ingram, Daniel Greer, our beloved Daniel Greer, will be returning, which is a happy thing. But it's a sad thing because it means the ride is over and we're going back into the fall. So I will no longer be steering the ship, per se, which some of you are rejoicing and might actually start listening again once that announcement is made public. But in general, it makes me sad. But there are some exciting things coming back with Daniel. We will have all the familiar faces here. We will still be here. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Some of you are sad about that, but that's okay. We'll still be here. It's just going to be Daniel coming back on. And we do have a ton of exciting things coming as well as the 100th episode next Monday. So stay tuned to hear a little bit more about that. But we couldn't just leave it be and end the deep dive series, the summer series, I should say, on a blank note. So we're going to go ahead and dive into a bunch of stuff that may matter, may not matter, but we're going to have fun talking about it. And to do that, I figured I'd bring on the guy who has heard way too much of me to the point he's almost finishing my sentences, Chris Ingram. Chris, how's it going, man? How was your holiday? I knew he was about to ask about my holiday, man. I knew it. I knew it. I'm finishing <laughs> them sentences. But, uh, man, I'm good. I'm good. Didn't do much this Labor Day holiday. Uh, literally did nothing. Just sat uh, relaxed with the family, watched movies, caught up on some work a little bit that I shouldn't have. But, man, I'm good. I got no complaints over here. How was your weekend? Izzy. My family came. We went up to Park City, which uh, I know that sounds like it's nothing but fun. But when you decide to go on a hike and it's supposed to be just this four-mile little stroll and then you end up getting 2,000 feet in elevation and peaking a mountain and the only boulder left is your calves, it uh it turned into a bit of a painful weekend but it was it was awesome man i don't get to see my family very much so it was good to have them all come and come and visit so loved it fam loved having y'all i'm sure you're all listening to this no doubt about that right guys um (laughs) but it was good but i am definitely happy to be back here on the podcast get one more in before daniel comes the 99th grizz 901 podcast episode and it's gonna be a fun time man we got some fun things to talk about because we finally had just anything at all happened, right? We've been Man, sitting still. Something. We've been sitting still for months, just waiting on really two shoes to drop. And one of them dropped by not dropping because Kevin Durant definitely is not being held hostage in uh, Brooklyn. I'm, I'm sure he loves the way all of that turned out. But right. the one that really came about that has led to Grizzlies news as of today when we're recording this, this is Tuesday, September 6th, Donovan Mitchell finally got moved but not to where I thought he was going but I, when you I know we've talked about this a little bit Danny Ainge are just being petty man that's it 
That is a petty dude right there, man. I don't want to be on his bad side for nothing. So for anyone who has been living under a rock but still managed to find this podcast, you Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which I would have put a lot of my savings on him going to the Knicks a couple months ago, heck, a couple of weeks ago. But then he got sent to the Cavs, and I immediately texted the group text and said, Danny H just did this to be petty. He couldn't get what he wanted from New York, and so he was willing to take a discount to send him to not New York. And then what comes out, what, one day later? The Jazz front office was unhappy with Mitchell's demands to get out. <laughs> dude, mm. maybe it was a different kind of petty, but petty, yes. dude. Yeah, it's crazy. But with that, Cavs, stock's going way up. I love the Cavs now. Do you think this actually could push them into – not just playoff, because obviously it'll push them into playoff. Do you think that can push them into a sort of Grizzlies-esque sneaky contender type status where you don't really expect them as any kind of favorite, but you could see them doing a a la Trey Young with the Hawks, pushing them to the brink with a possibility of actually making it? It's crazy you said that because that's literally to me like the the two extremes. It's either going to go really, really well or it's going to go really, really bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly the perfect scenario. The two scenarios you could have picked because it's like Trey he goes out and do all this stuff that first year when they go to the playoffs and you know mm-hmm. the, the beef they had with New York, like it was exciting to watch, no lie. But then you come out the next year just super duper flat, and then you know with Cleveland they were you know almost especially to start the season now they were the Grizzlies of the East last year, mm-hmm. and you know injuries you know got them they didn't have the the look that we did as far as, and I don't even want to call it look, just the structure we had when Ja was out, you know, having a tires come behind him, you know, they didn't have nobody to fill uh, Jerry Allen's shoes and things like that. But uh, I don't know, like when, it, when, it, when the trade first dropped, like you said, we were all in the group chat talking about, you know, certain things and I was hyped for them, you know, to take a jump. But the more and more I sit back and think about it, it's just, I don't know. Like you still got the Celtics going to be at the top of that, uh, conference, you still got Brooklyn if they don't break up, if they decide to, you know, come together and really, you know, uh, let bygones be bygones. They could really be the top team in the, in the East to me personally. Uh, and then, you know, you still got uh, Milwaukee coming back. It's going to be tough for them. And having two small guards, like, unless Garland just takes a tremendous step along with Mobley, like, I still see them finishing in that four or five range next year unless something crazy happens. Uh, but if they fall off the face of the earth and get in a play in, dude, that's going to be the worst thing ever for them. Because, I mean, they did give up three picks unprotected, I think, right? They gave up a bunch of picks. But to be honest, for Donovan Mitchell, I didn't think they had to pay a big price. Yeah. I mean, I guess Minnesota set the bar pretty pretty high for that. So that's part of what factors into that. But I was like, you know what? That's not bad at all for Donovan Mitchell. And it was a defensive thing, which has always sort of been the knock on Mitchell. And it's not like, Darius Garland, some incredible defender, but he's a good defender. And then having the twin towers down low with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, I actually really like that setup. I really, yeah. really like that setup. I'm interested to see how they'll work out the three spot, but I love Jared Allen. I love Evan Mobley. I love Darius Garland. Honestly, I've loved Donovan Mitchell. I'm the person I wouldn't really want to be stuck playing for the Jazz either with the way things have gone. So I, yeah. I like that team, man. They will be, they'll be a ton of fun this year, but. Don't want to spend too much time on that. Jazz going to be a bit of a fire sale, right? And that's how we're going to tie yeah. this into a Grizz podcast is 
obviously there's some names out there that not only could be fun on the Grizzlies, have actually been tied to the Grizzlies already. And so the first one being Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, who is not the guy I would super want from there. I, I would love Jordan Clarkson, but he's not my number one guy from the Jazz. I would like the Grizzlies to bring over, but he got tied to the Grizzlies earlier today saying the Grizz have called. Do you think, well, one, do you think it's plausible? Like, do you think there's any kind of deal out there the Grizzlies could and would put together to bring him over? Two, do you think that is a title contention move to bring him over and bring him into what we have now? Because there's pros and cons on both sides, right? Right, right. And, you know, the thing is, even kind of piggyback on in the, the Donovan Mitchell conversation, you know, with with Cleveland, even though they, you know, they got into a play-in scenario and they ended up not making it into the playoffs, injuries don't happen. We know they're a playoff team last year. And so they made a win-now move. It was 100% throwing our chips in. We got an all-star point guard and then two all-star bigs. We might as well add an all-star guard next to them and see what happens. Well, the Grizzlies – on paper, and when we played them, I'm going to say the Grizzlies is a better team than the Cavs, no matter what, if they got Moby there or, or Jerry Allen there or not. But you would think with them being kind of on the same trajectory right now that we will make some kind of win-now move similar. I, I'm not saying, you know, we, we already, you know, that chapter's closed as far as KD, Bradley Bill, and all that stuff, Jalen Brown, that's not happening this offseason. But some kind of win-now move, you would expect a team like that that took the world champions almost to seven games without they start player. We didn't do that. And so when you lose uh, De'Anthony Melton, which is your, you know, backup to go, he started for the team when we needed him to. Um, and then you lose Kyle, which obviously, you know, Kyle played a role. He's not a big factor. I think, you know, if we brought back Melton, I'm a lot more confident in us going forward. But if you lose both of those guys, I feel like you need to replace it with some kind of scoring because I love Jitty. I love Conchar, but he's going to play his role. He's going to be passive at some time unless he's open. Um, you know, you got two rookies that can play on the wing or they can play at the fourth spot. Roddy may even can play some five just because he buff is I don't know what, but um, you know, having a traditional just two guard score mentality type of guy for us to take the next step. That's always been for me since day one of the, uh, the offseason was a spot that we needed to address. So, you know, we were joking in the group text when everything happened with Utah. I do think that they definitely need to make a couple more calls on Jordan Clarkson because it's not a lot of other players that's available that we can literally, you know, uh, realistically go out and get that we can bring on the bench and, and score if Dylan Brooks doesn't decide to be that person like we talked about a couple of pods ago. So I think, you know, he hasn't had, he's never been a, you know, a bad locker room guy. He's not into a lot of drama. I think he has his head on straight. And I think, you know, even though he's 30 years old, can you believe that dude 30 years old? Dude, I, I brought that up to somebody a while back. I don't know who it was. It may have been is Ian. He was on a uh-huh. pod. I was like, go look up how old Jordan Clarkson is. It's going to blow your mind. This is like he got drafted by the Lakers yesterday. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, he still, even though he is technically 30, he don't seem like a 30-year-old. He seemed like he, you know, fit in well with the guys that we got. So, um, I don't think it's a drop-off. I don't see a negative in it. And then he's on a one-year contract. So, if it don't work, then we move on. But, um you know, it just depends on what we decide to give up. I would give up a first if, if I mean, I don't care as long as it ain't more than that because, you know, Ainge is being pitted right now. But uh, a first or two seconds, I'm cool with that. See what we got. And then if it don't happen, we roll and move to something else. What about you? I would love to have him because I look at that second unit and you don't – you sort of have the Grizzlies version of a six-man and Tyus Jones coming off the bench. 
We've talked mm-hmm. about Dylan moving over there. I still think that could happen even if they do bring over a Jordan Clarkson and it could work. But Ooh. you look at you don't have just the microwave guy off of the bench, right? You, I'm not saying Dylan necessarily come off the second unit. I think Dylan could work in a role here, even if they brought Clarkson over, we could just adjust a little bit. But you look, they don't have that microwave guy, which is sort of what we wanted Melton to be, but he never mm. quite was, right? And right. he would fit into the lineup too, because he'd go into that two spot, where right now you have John Conchar, which just last week, uh, DC DeBerry was on here. We did his debut, his debut podcast, which he killed it in. And we were talking about John Conchar, and I actually like Conchar a lot for this team coming into next year. I think he's going to fill in a role really, really well. That being said, he's not Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> right? Just a guy mm-hmm. of players is different. That being right. said, do we need a Jordan Clarkson to come in? Because I think Conchar, part of what he's going to do really well is come off the bench and just keep the ball moving, play within himself, and then pick his aggressive spots, which I think fits really well if you have a – Zaire on the court who can be your main score or a Dylan on the court who can be your main score. So swapping him out with Clarkson, I'm not sure that fits as well. So maybe does Clarkson go to the three and then you have LaRavia at a four or Roddy at a four, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that could happen. That being said, he's a true six man of the year type player, which is something mm-hmm. that you know, the Grizzlies are adding pieces. They never had during the core four era. That's what's pushing them to this point of contention. So right. Having that six man microwave score is another thing they never had and who knows maybe it's a piece that pushes them so i uh i like it my gut is that they will not give up as much as someone else will give up for them that's that's pretty much rallying to it well let me ask you this then so because i agree like if we're talking about regular regular season concha i'm perfectly fine with him doing what he does my biggest thing is like we're a playoff team now um and when it comes to the playoffs we saw like matchups matter um, you're not going to play one through 15 like we did last year. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty and we win that second round, third round, and, you know, Lord willing, we in the championship at some point, and you got to choose eight of your best guys or nine of the best guys. I'm just going to give us nine. You know, do I am I confident with Conchar going out there if we got a chance to upgrade that position? What would you say to that, you know, as, as regards to us upgrading that position with Clarkson? I mean, that's where the caliber of player thing comes in, you know, because he's that's when you want him over Conchar for sure. But I'm thinking about you got Ja, Des, Jaron, Zaire, Dylan. We'll throw Steve in there, even though the matchups are a little bit tough for him mm-hmm. this past playoffs. Did I say Tyus already? Tyus? Yep. I've got Zaire. You, you call Zaire. So you got two left, basically. So you I got two eight. left. Yep. BC. And then Clarkson could be that eighth or ninth guy. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. But it's it comes down to that same thing of it's a it's a maybe, right? Yeah. And I would love to have him coming off the bench to be that microwave guy. A hundred percent would. Same thing. He doesn't necessarily fit the Grizzlies mold. Does that mean they should change their mold a little bit? Maybe. Right? Maybe, because he's he's never been the team pass it off type of guy right he's the microwave scorer give me the ball sort of the things that we get frustrated with Melton about when he was here right which is tunnel vision just goes to score that being said he's a lot better at actually putting the ball in the bucket than Melton is when he gets in that mode so probably Dylan is a better example 
He just puts it in the hole. <laughs> no Dylan slander this podcast. <laughs> but it's all right, I'm done. It's one of those things where, yes, I would love to have them. I think the Grizzlies, I mean, the Grizzlies have called because they're interested. I, I think some other team would be more interested in what he brings than the Grizzlies would be and will be willing to pay more because they think that pushes them over the top more and the Grizzlies will think that pushes them over the top, right? So, yeah, I would love to have him. I think he would fit in well. I think if you can get him at the price, yeah. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to get him at the price. I think yeah. someone's going to be willing to give up more than Danny Green and a first or a couple of first, right? Uh, I think someone's going to be willing to give up a Danny Green type player plus three first plus another rotation player, right? Yeah. Plus a second. And so that's sort of where I think that lands. But also part of it comes back into that's not the guy I want from the Jazz. That's not the guy I think fits the most. The guy I think fits the most is Bojangles, which I had not <laughs> heard the word Bojangles since I left Alabama. But immediately I knew it was the only nickname left for Bojan Bogdanovic because he makes me about as happy as a Bowberry biscuit. So that gets me just completely on board with the new nickname. So um, oh, this man. will never catch on. But from now on, <laughs> we hereby <laughs> declare Bojan Bogdanovic is Bojangles. And that's who I want, man, because he fits yeah. so well. And, and on a serious basketball note, he he fits what the Grizzlies want so well. And he could be on the first unit or the second unit of a guy who just plays solid defense, has a good body, rebounds enough. He's not a good rebounder. I'm not saying that, but rebounds enough and can shoot the lights out, just catches it and shoots it. Catches yeah. it. it doesn't matter where he catches it. doesn't matter if it's in the pocket, up high, just catch and release, can create his own shot, down low sometimes. Perfect fit. Keith Parrish over at Fast Bake Breakfast did attempt to just ruin my hopes and dreams by reminding us that we, even if we include, included Danny Green and Killian Tilly, could not make the money work. But then uh-huh. you had your, your suggestion. So right after I said, no, Dylan Brooks slander, go ahead and throw out your suggestion for this. Dylan Brooks got to go. I mean, he's on the expiring. Bojangles will be on the expiring too. But like you said, when it comes to a fit, I mean – it's a little it's a lot better fit with them three them three core pieces we got for sure and that's where i come in i have been a dylan defender from the beginning truly love dylan brooks i think if you're a grizzlies fan and you don't love dylan brooks um and what he's done for this team it's kind of like a kyle anderson i didn't love kyle on this team wholeheartedly appreciated what he did for this team should be the same for dylan whether you think he should be here or not it's no question bogdanovich fits better yeah no question Right. I mean, from a defensive standpoint, Dylan is obviously the the better player, but from an offensive standpoint, which is what wins championships in the modern NBA, as much as defenses uh, can't be completely lacking, you have pieces around like Jaron that can help make up for bad defenders. He's not a bad defender. Right. Bojangles is a fine defender. So you have that. And just from an offensive perspective, dude, you can put him in a corner. You can put him on the wing. You can give him the ball to take a little bit off a of jaw there's endless possibilities so right honestly i'm surprised dylan's still on the team in general if i'm being completely <laughs> straightforward uh i think there's a definite definitive path for him to stay i yeah. think that that is it's still better to have bogey sorry bojangle it's still better to have yeah. bojangles i'd rather <laughs> i'd rather him be lighting it up from deep and be like bowberry biscuits incoming <laughs> hot and ready <laughs> doesn't matter how Bowberry biscuits are amazing regardless but 
Um, hey, you know they back at Memphis, right? Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. (laughs) Whataburger's coming. It's all coming as soon as I move to Salt Lake. God, I I miss it. God, I miss miss the city. But, okay, keeping it on basketball, because I've got a fancy draft up coming, so we got to knock this sucker out. So, between Bogey and Clarkson, last thing, unless or someone else on the team that I have not mentioned or thought of, who would you rather have, and do you think it would be worth the price to get them? It's going to shock a lot of people when I say this because you know where I stand with Dylan Brooks. You know, and everybody listening to this podcast, they know where I stand. But I do think if the conversation, going back to what I've said, was had to get him to dial it back and be a team player, I think the better move for us going into the next year is to get get Jordan Clarkson. Because, you know, again, if that conversation was had and Dylan is good to go, then I don't want to lose – him just to bring in bogey. But if I can add to what we already have with a dude that, like like I just said, like he's like Dylan, a little bit smaller, but he's a lot better shooter, a lot better scorer, and I, I trust him with the ball a lot more than I do uh, when it comes to, you know, getting a bucket than Dylan. So uh, putting him on that second unit, you know, I ran down what our second unit can be already with him. But if you move Dylan, keep him in the starting rotation, and, you know, you put Jordan Clarkson with Tyus, you put him out there with Zaire, BC, again, it's not too many, you know, benches that's going to be able to compete with us. So, uh, and then, like I said, with what you're giving up, throw him a first-round pick or throw him two second-round picks. We ain't, you know, we're not hurting for that. So, um, that's what I would have to choose. But my dream acquisition would definitely be bogey for the simple fact that, you know, Jaren's going to possibly still be out a little bit at the beginning of the year. You slide him right in and it's like it's no drop-off. So, you know, a win-now move is Bojangles. But, you know, we're talking about competing for a championship next year. I definitely want to keep Dylan if he buys in and bring in Jordan Clarkson. Man, I thought I was going to throw you a curveball with all that talk because I, after all <laughs> that I said about wanting Bojangles and how I think he's a better player than Dylan, I was going to go the same exact place. <laughs> Come on, man. That's not fair. Yep. That's that's, seriously, that's where I'm at. I think Bogey is a better player. I think in a vacuum, he's worth giving up Dylan Brooks. I think he fits the team better. I think keeping Dylan and spending at getting Clarkson at a lower cost is the right move for everything you mentioned. Um, Because of what we, I say we, I think you and I are aligned on this, but what I personally put into that deep dive article believe is going to be the Dylan we get this next year, not what he was this past year, <coughs> excuse me, but what he can be and will be this year accepting a new role. And that yeah. Dylan, who we haven't seen yet, unlocks a lot for this team that then makes makes his value go up significantly enough mm-hmm. to the point where it's worth keeping him if you get Clarkson as well. And um, on all, I think he can be a better piece of this team moving forward as well. I think you re-sign Dylan if he's able to take on that role. I don't think you re-sign um, Bogdanovich for much if he takes on that role. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in this Jordan Clarkson stuff. I sort of think another team is going to pay more, but I think this is the shocker move that the Grizzlies could make because they make a move every offseason that shocks us. They've done it in the draft already, but – We've said since the beginning, we don't expect this team to be the team, the roster that goes into the actual season, expect there to be changes. Right. Maybe it's a small change here or there, but he fits Clarkson a bit, one, the veteran presence, two, 
the microwave score. And mm-hmm. three, he just brings that sort of athletic style to it. And it's going to be on court veteran presence, right. right? Danny Green, championship pedigree. Love that. Being on the court as a veteran makes a difference. One last thing right. before we move on. Just uh, piggybacking on what you said, looking at the report, they're talking about Milwaukee, Sacramento, and Toronto being the other three teams outside of us. Look at Milwaukee. I don't want them to get nobody else because they get all like the the good vets that go up there. Sacramento, they're not in compete now mode. I know they're trying to be, but they just he's not going to put them over the top. And Toronto, they in purgatory, so I don't even know, you know, how that helps. So, you know, if Memphis is, I don't want to say if they're smart because they are smart. They're gonna make the best move. Just looking at the competing teams, man, it just makes sense for us to go and grab them. Out of those teams, I, I think it comes down to Bucks or Memphis. And yeah. he feels like a bit of a Bucks guy, doesn't he? he? Did he play for them before? I don't know. I don't remember, but he feels like a Bucks guy to me. He may yeah. have played there before and I forgot, but it just Maybe feels it's like Maybe just that. the jazz green jerseys that they have that I'm thinking about. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it, to me, I'm like, man, he sort of feels like a Bucks guy, which I don't think of. When I think about a dude that's inked up, Full sleeves. Yeah. I don't necessarily think Milwaukee Bucks, but something about him feels like a Bucks too. But yeah. I can see him fitting in really well on this Memphis team too. So I'll be following that very, very closely. All right. Last thing before we move on and out, because I've got to get to this fantasy draft. Hey, you guys want some fantasy tips? Feel free to hit us up. We're actually drafting in my second draft tonight later on. Uh, Chris has a third pick. I have the fourth pick. So We'll see what mistakes he makes that lead to my fantasy victory this year. But um, (laughs) feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Crewman underscore and at MemGrizHomer. If you need it to be spelled, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to try. But happy to give you (laughs) fantasy tips um, because we are uh, for sure experts on that. But last thing we want to hit on before we get out of here, 2K ratings. So 2K ratings just came out. Personally, me and 2K don't get along anymore. I won a couple of 2K tournaments in college, but – uh, since then, they've changed the game a lot, and I don't have as much fun as I used to. But I saw your tweet talking about some of it. Go ahead and hit us with what happened with old Evan Mobley, who we love here, by the way. But we had some uh, disparaging going on via the 2K ratings. Yeah, so they, they dropped him today, and it was some speculation, I think, yesterday that they thought the, the correct ratings would out, but they were actually like last year's ratings. So they actually announced a lot of the Grizzlies today. And um, they were close to being on par. Um, Jock came down to a 93. I think I think he probably deserved a 94 because you're comparing him to, you know, uh, Luca. they gave him a 95. You know, 94, come on, throw Jock right there, man. Come on, give, give him an extra point. But that's, that's fair. I, I'll take the 93. The problem that I had personally was that they put Jaron Jackson Jr. at an 83, which he's been like at an 83 for like the last two, three years. And you cannot – argue with me and tell me that last year was not a better year uh, for Jared than those previous years. They gave him an 83. And then you go look down the thing and it's showing Evan Mobley, which is coming off a rookie uh, campaign and wasn't even the rookie of the year. I know it's an award that shouldn't really dictate the stats, but like, bro, they got him at as an 84. Like you can't put him a point higher than Jared when he was arguably the defensive player of the year, first team all defense. Like, Stop. Like, that's just – that's crazy to me. That's really crazy to me. So, no respect. I don't know. Trick no, is respect. no respect. To be honest, the guy who I was actually sort of surprised by, one, Jaron, I actually did think would get up to 85, 86. Coming off of a first-team all-defense year in the defensive player of the year conversation, I mean, I understand. He's still got a lot of growing up to do on the offensive end and some foul and stuff, but that's 
that was surprising. But Desmond Bain being an 83, I actually thought he would be way higher. I thought Me he would too. be up towards like an 87, 88. When Duke, when, you, when somebody's knocking down the ball like that, I, I'd automatically assume they're going to be up there because it's the most important part of, well, one, basketball now, but two, 2K. So it's all right. right. Grizzlies don't get any respect. That's, that's what we needed. We needed those 2K ratings. We had to find a way to get the chip on the shoulder. There it is. So 2K ratings. Personally, listen, I could really care less, but I knew it would be fun <laughs> to talk about it for a second. Um, yeah. with they, that, even gave, they even gave Dez an 88 on the three-point. Like, he's number two, but he's tied with, like, three, four people. And the only person above them is Steph Curry Steph. at a 99. Like, 11-point jump, bro? Come on now. Like, Steph Lee. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Me, me and Ronnie 2K are not friends. He ain't friends with nobody. He ain't got no friends. <laughs> I think we're on the same page. All <laughs> right. Grizz Nation, that's going to wrap up our summer series. We are going to be done with that. Uh, it's been super fun. Seriously, we've said this over and over again, but can't say it enough. Thank you guys so much for following along with us and engaging. It is a blast bringing y'all this content. We will have some more content coming out. Again, the Deep Dive podcasts are over, but the Deep Dive articles are still rolling through. We've got uh, what's-his-face that just came out yesterday when you have been listening to this podcast. Uh, Brandon Clark just came out by Ian Sparks, and then we will have the debut of DC DeBerry talking on what you call that i can't remember off the top of my head because i'm an idiot but another one coming Contra. out tomorrow yeah there we go john Contra. <laughs> i was just talking about it i swear <laughs> um coming out tomorrow and again daniel greer will be back on monday for the 100th episode of the grizz 901 podcast that's quite the quite the mile marker for us we have been grinding away and just the following that's come over this past season has been amazing so we're going to have a big 100th episode he's got a ton of fun announcements coming with that some new developments coming on with grizz lead and the grizz 901 podcast have some cool stuff coming that maybe you guys can get your hands on but i'll leave that to him to announce everything that's going to be going on there but be sure to tune in we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming on and he's going to kick it off on that 100th episode so again follow us on twitter at grizz underscore lead at grizz 901 podcast at Crimman underscore at Memgris Homer. You can find all the guys on there as well. And we are excited to get going in the preseason basketball in less than 40 days, man. In less than 40 days. Exciting stuff. So that's going to wrap it up. And hope to talk to you guys soon on Twitter, on the podcast comments, whatever it may be. Until then, be nice. Tell your friends.